So we are on the sofa by my beautiful fire with my beautiful friend, Lindsay. And Lindsay is a mother of two teens. Girls. <laughs> Teen girls. Oh my God, that is next level. Um, and um, who is also studying zephrology. Sophrology. Sophrology. The practice of zephrology. A word I never heard before until you started telling me. Yep. And uh, Lindsay yeah. is the most amazing person to go dipping with. <laughs> <laughs> Lindsay has the most beautiful capacity to sit in that water and she has a smile and has her body relaxed like it is a jacuzzi. I literally have told you this before, but it's also in some of my podcasts where I say like, I have a friend who can make it look like you're in, she's in a spa and I'm wondering if I'm in the same stream. (laughs) (laughs) That's you. (laughs) So if you've been listening to the other podcasts, this is Lindsay who has that beautiful, amazing skill. And um, what I haven't told you actually is that I've been dipping really quietly. Really? Yeah. (laughs) It's a miracle. I know. (laughs) I've been dipping really quietly like for the last week or two, I think. Good. And I thought that you'd be so proud of me. I'm impressed. And uh, yeah, so here we are. Nice to be here. And we want to hear all about your cold water adventures. Ooh. How did you ever get into it? So I read uh, the Wim Hof book. Oh, you did? A, a, over a year ago, wow. which I think is a, a rite of passage for a lot of people. And then my sister-in-law, who is an artist and a yogi came to stay with me and said, let's go swimming. And it was January. And I <laughs> yeah. said, that's just ridiculous. You're like, the pools are closed. Yeah, it's, it's shut. <laughs> and she said, but you've been doing this Wim Hof breathing. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I have. Which I started because I couldn't understand what people were talking about when they talked about meditation. You know, be still, meditate. I was like, I have no idea what this means or why you do it. So when I read about Wim Hof's crazy breathing hard breathing and then breath holding, that had more appeal to me than the meditation for some reason. And then the next step was to get in the water. So my sister-in-law encouraged me in uh, just over a year ago. Um, And the rest is now history. So how did that go? How was your first time in the water? Well, my sister-in-law was hilarious. So it was great fun, freezing cold. There was snow on the ground. The water was probably about one degree and um, and we had a wonderful time. Nice. So I thought, well, here's a fun activity that's free and doesn't involve anything yeah. going anywhere really too far and brings you joy. So let's keep going. So then she stayed for a while and you kept you kept going in with her a few times? I went in with her a couple of times and then as often you do when you go to any open water types you bump into other people yeah so then I attached myself to another little gang of people that I found and started going um religiously twice a week wow amazing Mm. and they're the girls that you still go with or is that another group now I am still dipping with those girls as well as the occasional ad hoc dip yeah and have recently decided that it is essential for me to be dipping when I'm also not in my hometown. So yeah. Sunday. Yes, tell me. Found myself on the beach. Yes. In Kent. Um, yeah, so, that was amazing. Yeah, that was incredible. Yeah, because you went, you went, we both live in the French Alps. Yeah. You went to London. Yeah. To do, to, to do three days of the studying for your, Course. course. Yeah, so I was down in Kent um, studying for my um, practitioner's uh, or my uh, sophrology qualifications and thought, right, I really want to dip, so what am I going to do? And through the power of Facebook mm-hmm. on the Open Water, I think it's the Open Water Swimming UK group, posted I'm going to Kent, thinking there might be a stream or a river somewhere, obviously being mindful of the shopping trolley debris and all the other dangerous things that <laughs> yeah. lurk. In, in that kind of water. Yeah, way. because we're used to very clear, nice yeah. mountain water. And I think we forget how careful you need to be when you're mm. in Dis- urban areas. Disgusting. I would um, just not go. No, and I think also, you know, you only need to catch your leg or 
you do yourself a serious injury because oh, sure. you have no idea what you're no it's like swimming in amsterdam yeah yeah there's <laughs> like a car a tree yeah. a bike 50 other bikes yeah. super dangerous so i uh, somebody said yes yes there's a group um open water swimming in kent so i went onto that group and i posted that i was around um on the sunday morning quite specific 7 a.m because i had to be in other places and um, somebody wrote me a note to say there are up to 50 of us on a Sunday morning oh my God. down on the beach in Hyde, which was not far away from where I was going to be. So I managed to uh, convince another friend of mine to come <laughs> with me. <laughs> Got in the car in the dark uh, with our, in fact, limited kit because we didn't have much with us. Uh, went down there and jumped straight in. So what do you think about the fact that like can you tell me something about what you have generally found about people who wild swim cold dip or whatever like the fact that you can go on a group and just randomly turn like the the kindness is what i keep hearing people say yes like can you tell me something about what you've seen of the water swimming dipping community or people um i think it's unlike any any group or community that I have ever been part of. And I've been part and, yeah. of many. <laughs> and you have been part of many. As you know, I'm a serial group joiner, setter-upper, uh, attender. Um, yeah. I your, always... your social capacity yeah. to bring people together people. is unbelievably beautiful. Um, I can make a party out of anything. Yes, you can. Um, so <laughs> You'll lead the way. <laughs> so this, this kind of collection of people seems to have no, uh, no boundaries. Um, in what way? In terms of age, oh yeah, okay, yeah, shape, size, job, yeah. profession. Yeah. It's just everything. The most random collection of people, all doing something that makes them feel better, and uh, and because you don't need anything, you don't need any fancy bikes. Nobody's checking your times. You're not stravering it. Um, I'm also an amateur. A triathlete, so that involves masses of kit <laughs> and can be highly competitive. Yeah, and this just isn't because yeah. you're in and everybody looks and sizes you up. Yeah, and like, yeah, what bike have you got? What shoes are you wearing? Oh, yeah. what suit have you got? What snacks did you bring? How yeah. much fuel have you got with you? How much water are you carrying? You're about to go in your bikini in the freezing cold. No one cares. No one. No one cares. No one cares about your body either, no. or what you've got with you, or yeah. what you haven't got with you, yeah. or. Did you bring a sandwich? Did you not bring a sandwich? Yeah. Did you bring hot water? Did you not? You just turn up, get in and laugh and then get right? out. It's, and it's isn't that, that amazing? Yeah, it's amazing. And so it, when you say laugh, um, tell me how that works. Because you, like, I think that's one of the most beautiful things to be able to laugh with people. People uh, that you've never met. No, but you have such a great time. You don't know anything about them, but you no. have a wildly good no. time. So on Sunday morning, I was, I was battling the waves. Was, well, there was, the sea was a little bit rough. And I was... Because so, you're not normally a sea swimmer. No, no. I don't swim in the sea. Uh, not properly. Um, apart from on holiday. Uh, maybe Barbados. <laughs> yeah, that would be pushing it. Um, Which is nothing like the sea in the south, on the south coast no. of the UK in full winter. So I started chatting to these two ladies as we were bobbing about. And I said, <laughs> oh, I've, I've just I've come visiting from France. And they said, oh, that's amazing. And I said, it's really warm here. It was about 10 degrees. <laughs> and so clearly they didn't think it was very warm. And I said, oh. They're like, show off. How often do you do this? And they said, oh, every day. And I, I was... Trying to size them up, which obviously you shouldn't do, but they were they were well over sixty, if not way past that. And I said, and I said, oh, every day, that's amazing. I said, how long have you been doing it for? And they said, oh, twenty years. Oh my god! <laughs> and all they wanted to do was chat. And they said there are people there. They have uh, coffee and cake some weekends. People come down and have a party. It's totally spontaneous, and they are just totally. It's just their part of their life. For 20 years they've that's, been doing that. I just think that's amazing. Just think how they must have... I mean, that was 7 o'clock in the morning on a Sunday. And how much they share of their life, or don't share, but just still show up in each other's lives. Every day. 
Well, they didn't need to get out of bed that early. They could have gone any time. But yeah. they were up, it was foggy, and they were bobbing about in the sea, having an absolute scream. Well, that's the kind of retirement I'm looking forward to. I know, isn't that amazing? It was incredible. And then we spoke to some other ladies who my friend got their Instagram. They have an Instagram account, um, and their sisters, and they, they chronicle their cold water swimming, as I think there's three or four sisters that do it. Oh, my God, amazing. Um, so they were chatting to us, and... Um, yeah, it was just it was just amazing. And did you feel part of the group? Yeah, perfectly. Isn't yeah. that amazing? Just turn up. You just turn up and you're you're part of the team. Yeah. And everybody's happy yeah. to chat to you. Absolutely. I just think it's amazing. Yeah, it's incredible. Hmm. And so so what made you realize that it's important for you to keep dipping even though you're not in France? Uh well the release of Stress, tension, anxiety, whatever you want to call it, when you come out of the water is second to none. The, what does that mean? The physical feeling after a dip. Yeah. Because remember, this isn't, this isn't you know, swim 1K, 2K, 3K. No. This is in and out. Yeah. Minutes. If you minutes. like, yeah. Um, there's no endurance involved here, really. <laughs> Although people can make it oh. endurance-based. But there's something about it, the, especially when it's very cold, there's an element of survival to it. Yeah. The sense of satisfaction. Because you're so goddamn proud of yourself. Yeah, that you got in. Yeah. In the first place. Yeah. Because your whole body's saying, don't get in. Yeah, and your mind's you saying, up, just do it. Yeah, that you turn up and yeah. you get in. Turn up, get in, get out. The I guess, I'm, I'm no scientist, but the rush of endorphins and the release of all of those happy hormones must be massive. Yeah. Um. And I think having explored a bit more about the, the, the physiological effects on your system, um, on your nervous system, that cold is, is, is a real stressor. Yeah. So your body goes under stress when yeah. you go into the water. Yeah. It works its way through the stress and out the other side. Yeah. You've completed the emotional cycle. Yeah. That's going to make you feel amazing. Yeah. And in such a short amount of time. Yes. Like I track my um, resting heart rate. I track a whole bunch of things with the Whoop, mm-hmm. and um, my resting heart rate. And um, I think that one is the most important. So your resting heart rate when you've done a really hard training goes up. Yeah. And so what I find is, on days I've stayed in longer, like I can see that, you know, training is a stressor to the body to get you stronger. Yeah. I, and then if you've trained really hard you know, and pulled your body out of balance, which is the idea of training, your resting heart rate goes up. Mm -hmm. And so I always see that my resting heart rate goes up when Mm -hmm. I've been dipping. Or most importantly, if there has been a day or two where I haven't been dipping, Mm -hmm. I see that it drops down. And then I realize how much cold water dipping is training. It is training. And how much it does ask of your body. But brain training, mental toughness. Yeah. I, I've said to you before about my superpower, or I'm wearing my, I've got my superhero trousers on today. Oh my God, the most jazziest. Jazzy pads. Jazziest, amazing trackers. But you know, where are my superpowers? And then certainly when I come out, I've, I've activated those superpowers and I feel bionic, like a superhero, <laughs> and I'm ready to Woo! face the world and do whatever it is I'm meant to be doing, um, which is an amazing feeling. So when you say it's mental training, what kind of training, mental training, has it, does it give you or has it given you? Because I think we go through phases. We dip like this, we dip like that. Like what, what are the gains that you've, what are the things that you've gained from the dipping? I think, um, so I think sometimes I've told myself that I'm mentally a bit weak in the head. Um, I've had my own personal... <laughs> Week in the head. <laughs> Week in the head, a bit soft in the head. And I've had my own journey with um, uh, depression and post depression. Um, I was a very, very heavy drinker. Um, I've done some, you know, some stuff <laughs> that's not really made me that happy. Um, I love it. When you say stuff, I know that and, uh... one day we're going to talk about the stuff. Maybe not on the podcast. But... I think maybe I've come out the other side of that, living this incredibly um, free lifestyle close to nature, uh, in the mountains, uh, in an environment that is very natural and really rooted in oh, just being part of, part of something different. 
Um, and, and the cold water has made me appreciate nature, appreciate how strong my body is, appreciate how strong my mind is, yeah, yeah, yeah. appreciate how dedicated you can be to something. Yeah. Because I keep doing it. Yeah. And on days I don't want to do it, I still do it. Yeah. So the sense of achievement is massive. Um, and, and the community side. I mean, the laughs yeah. and the, you know, the giggles and the hilarity of the whole thing is... <laughs> so good. Second to none. The screaming and shouting. So I'm going to backtrack a little bit because you said so beautifully and so honestly and openly, for which thank you, mm. I thought I was weak in the head. Can you tell me why that is the conclusion I must be weak in the head related to the the lineup of things that you say that have been challenging in your life? Like, why did you, how did you come up with that conclusion? Where did that come from? Well, I think there's a lot of fakery in the world and, and social media makes this worse where we can perhaps look upon ourselves as being less robust than perhaps other people. Okay. Um, less um, able, less capable, maybe less um, strong. And I look, I think I've looked out into the world and thought, oh, there's all these people who seem to be you know, not having any battles and not having any struggles and they're making it look so easy and I must be doing something wrong. So therefore they must be... They must be right. Strong in the head. And I must be wrong. Okay. And I think the, the lie of perfection, the dark mirror of social media yeah. <laughs> has perhaps tangled me up into a into a not good enough place believing that maybe I was doing something not quite right or not good enough or not good enough or not enough or not enough I'm not enough <laughs> no this is not enough yeah what's going on here um and I think as I as I've got older and and as you've fought your battles yeah bravely bravely yeah bravely fought through Life stuff, just yeah. life stuff. Yeah. Bravely and openly too. Like yeah. I think one of the beautiful things, well, to me, one of the things I love about you is how honest you are about what you fight. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I recall this story a lot when, when I meet other new mums. And I remember saying, uh, being in, in a mother and toddler groups and people saying, oh, my husband's amazing. My baby's amazing. <laughs> my baby sleeps through the night and my house is amazing and my life's amazing. And I was there thinking... Blimey, mine's not. <laughs> this is awful. <laughs> what? What's going wrong? And for a long time, I thought I believed them. I believed the yeah. lie. Yeah. And you thought you must be doing something yes, wrong because it, it wasn't be always amazing. I just didn't realise I'd met a lot of people that told terrible fibs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> terrible fibs. <laughs> but with a straight face and made it look so, so convincing. Yeah. Um, so, so what made you decide not to go that way? But to, 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 to go on the quest for authenticity and truth. Yeah. <laughs> That's a big question. I think, um, I think at some point you start looking at yourself and thinking, I'd like to live a life where I'm true to my own values. And I'd like to know what those values are. Mm -hmm. And I'd like to live with authenticity and integrity. And I think parenting children, especially as they get older, in my opinion, makes you question what, what, are, what are you really standing for here? Because they can see straight through everything you do. Mm -hmm. And when you're in those moments where they've asked you a difficult question or you know you've behaved in a way that is not perhaps how you wish you'd behaved, then you maybe begin to look at yourself and think, hmm, hmm. am I living the truth? Am I living, am I, am I truly living a life that's honourable to what I say I believe in? Yeah. And what do I believe in? And what is important? Yeah. And where are my non-negotiables? Yeah, that's a good one. A very hard question. Yeah. And so how does, how has cold water dipping aided in those, <clears throat> in those questions? Like how has cold water dipping helped you in tuning into yourself, in listening to your body, in to updating and upgrading these beliefs you had about mm. yourself? Because from an outsider's point of view, to even come to the point where you dare to question them and to be that open in a world where there's so much fibbing, like to me, that is the basic of a very strong person with a very strong mind. And so it's really wonderful to hear that you've upgraded and updated these beliefs in yourself. Mm. And so how has like cold water dipping, how has that helped you? 
I think the I talked about the litmus test earlier that that the cold water is an absolute test of yourself in what way because it's because not safe it (laughs) cold water is dangerous yeah especially in the alps it's freezing yeah in nature when it's running water too yeah yeah and you go and get in in something and and as you mentioned earlier i i like to try and do it with some stillness be still yeah be still and know and as i get in and i'm still that's a real opportunity to observe. Have I lived with authenticity and integrity this week? Yeah. Am I really being true to myself? And you can feel in your body if that's true or not. Yeah. So is that the stuff that you think about when you go dipping? Or where does your mind go when you dip? Be still, being still. I don't think I was still for the until very recently. <laughs> I think that was half the problem. I was never still. I'm not a still person. And in the stillness, I have found that still small voice. Um, and I found myself in the stillness. That's so beautiful. I can't work out why that eluded me for so long. What does elude mean? Well, I thought, I thought the answers were in the busyness and the outside and the, okay, yeah. and the mental gymnastics and, yeah. the, and being in intellectual and intelligent and reading books. Yeah. That's where the answers are. Yeah. And the answers are just in that stillness. Isn't that beautiful? Of yourself. Because you studied, you did a BSc in business, business and then you did a master's in psychology. Postgrad in psychology and, and have done all sorts of weird and wonderful things in between. Um, and so, and then, and then you go cold water dipping and then you find like, and then you find, then you experience like, that's why I think cold water dipping is so beautiful because it's the point where we change over from learning theory to it being very physical and practical in ourselves. And then you find the stillness there. Yeah. So tell me more about the stillness. Because I know that the the silence and the... Like, I know that you're full of energy. Your story of, like, how your Monday morning was and everybody was knackered and you turned up and you were like, all right, I've arrived. (laughs) Everybody, it's okay, I'm here. And I very much appreciate that because there are also lines I like to say. (laughs) So I think, like, the beauty for me is that you have this beautiful large scale because you can go from, you know, being part of a group without too much noise to turning up when everybody's super dead and quiet and you're like, it's okay, I'm here. (laughs) You know, like that's the other end of the scale. But then you've also taught yourself now like the silence. But I've had to learn that. Yeah. Because I was carried away with life. Yeah. I was carried away with the chaos. Yeah. And carried away with the striving. And had forgotten about the being. Yeah. And just being and being still is where the real beauty lies so tell me more well how can you listen to yourself and listen to your body if you're not stopping and listening yeah and being still yeah and i know there's all those millions of people who say i just go running to relax or i just do this to relax <clears throat> yeah well they say it like that with the voice like that yeah. you're like mm, maybe not, maybe not. <laughs> and i believe that to be true and until until i found that stillness i couldn't find myself yeah, I can see that. And I didn't know where my soul and my spirit had gone. I knew where my mind was, and it certainly wasn't in my body. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was somewhere completely different, having a party without me, and, and my body was trailing around in its wake. Yeah, so kind of what you're saying is that the silence like pulls to the centre what's really real. Like when you say like the silence, you know, I imagine the silence to be like <clears throat> a space kind of like the silence where Mm. there is this space in time where there is silence and then you're in it and it kind of sounds like you're saying like when you have that kind of silence especially also when the space is in water it just pulls to the center you who you are what you stand for what you like what you love and it just kind of like brings it to the center makes it more apparent or something absolutely it's it's the space where, where there's only the truth. And you can hear everything then. You can hear what your body's saying, what the spirit's saying, 
where, where the pain might be hanging out. Yeah. And then you can do stuff about that. Yeah. Isn't that so cool? It is. But slightly baffling it's taken me that long to figure that out. Well, I don't know. I don't know about that, but... Maybe that's just life. Yeah, and it's... Like... I think if as a kid you get overruled so much to not be allowed to have your say... You you get taught your voice doesn't matter. And so why would you be searching for your voice if, you know, everybody can live... Do you know what I mean? Or you've convinced yourself your voice is loud enough, but it's not maybe your authentic voice. Oh, yeah, that's a cute one. Maybe it's just the place you thought you were meant to be. Yeah, but you never kind of got to the centre of things. No. Because I remember as a little kid, I'd have my half-brothers would come over, and I remember, like, this would be... You know, I'd be like five, six, maybe like up to like nine, ten. And whenever they would come over, I would always like, I'd have to, they'd come over in the afternoon. They'd stay for dinner. They'd normally sleep over and they'd go home again the next day. Mm. And they're like 11 and 13 years older. So by the time this was happening, they were teenagers studying, stuff like that. And they'd come over. And every time they would come over for like that amount of like hours, my mother would always have to come and find me for dinner. <laughs> She's like, what are you doing? And every time my answer would be like, I just had to go and hear my own heartbeat. Yeah. I was like, I just had to step away because it became so busy and I would get so, I don't know, wrapped up in busyness that I'd be like, yeah, I just had to go and hear my own heartbeat. And like, I remember saying that thinking like, you know, that was really important for me mm. at the time. Like, as a kid, you've got no idea that that's maybe potentially some, like, profound insight. <laughs> but but I remember, like, I've thought of that this week because mm. we were discussing, like, going swimming in a group. Yeah. And a group of women that I don't know that well. But I love the socialness. Yet at the same time, I said last time I went with them, to me going in such a group is actually more dangerous for me. Although the safety is there in numbers and the safety is there because the women are there and I feel like I can push a bit further time-wise because, the, because there's other people. But then in reality, I said, I kind of feel a little bit less safe because when there is that noise around me or when I, you know, I get pulled outside, you know, and I, there's, there's all this noise around me and there's all this like excitement and things and buzz I find it really hard to be able to hear what my body says. Mm. And it's hard to hear it. It's hard to listen to it. And it's hard to follow the, the kind of insights mm. that, that it gives me when, I'm, when there's too much buzz around me. And I thought that was... <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, we come back to me saying, in this, even in this really wonderful group, I'm driving home, coming back to the same point, going like, I just need to go home and hear my own heartbeat. Yeah. And be like, okay, what do I need? I, I think there's some, some natural... Um, some natural things about the way you are and, and your preferences. And I think there's also some learned truth in that. And I don't think I ever learned that I should be even listening out of my own heartbeat. Or so, my own <laughs> desires. <laughs> or your own desires. Because <laughs> I was too busy being lo- noisy and out there and having a party. So tell me how life is when you're figuring that out or when you figured it out. How, I think you figure bits out and then you continue figuring bits out. Ooh, I think when you, when you look, when you be, embark on that journey of self-improvement, self-discovery, authenticity, whatever you want to call it, maybe it is a midlife crisis. I'm 44, <laughs> maybe that's the problem. <laughs> I doubt it. I think um, it's, it's human... I think it's just human. But I'm not sure everybody does this. No. Suddenly does an but about it, turn but and why says, would it have to? <laughs> but, but just because nobody, because it's not standard doesn't mean it has to be a crisis. No, of Anybody course. that doesn't have the courage to do it can call it a crisis on the outside. Yeah. But in reality, I think it's not a crisis at all. I think it's great clarity. I think when you lift the lid on your life and start poking around, think, is this really what I want? And you've asked me enough times, Anna, what do you want? <laughs> I don't know. 
What makes you joyful? I have no idea. Actually, I do. The more yeah. you've asked me, the more I've thought about it. Yeah. And I do know. Tell me. And that gives me, well, the cold water dipping. Cold water dipping. The joy. I think as well, the joy isn't what am I doing next month? The joy is what am I doing now? Yeah. Now I'm having a really nice cup of coffee and a chat with you. That brings yeah. me joy. Tonight I'm going to have a really nice meal with my kids. Yes. Um, tomorrow, I can't remember what I'm doing tomorrow, but I'm sure there's something in there that I will really focus in on the joy. Yeah. Um, and I said to you that the, this weekend's sophrology training has involved a lot of um, imagining and visioning the future. Well, actually, that's le- you have to learn to look for the joy. Mm. Because if I imagine the future as, oh, it's hard work and I've got to do this and I've got to do that, there's no joy in that. So where's the joy in next week? Yeah. Or maybe next month. Or maybe just tomorrow. Yeah. I, I always think I can envision practical things. And I can imagine the things that give me joy now, copy, paste, edit into the future. Yes. That, that's kind of like how I can see it. But joy is something, I think to f- experience joy, you have to feel your body. Yes. And, and so you, it's hard, like joy is a moment thing. Like I right now feel my body. I right now feel that I'm experiencing joy. Yes. So if you imagine joy in the future, you have to take the feeling you have now for joy now, and you have to kind of go like, well, it's going to feel like this, but it's a different time. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's almost, yeah, exactly. Um, that, that sophrology practice or protocol yeah. is, is, can I ground myself in the now? Where mm-hmm. am I now? You're safe, yeah. you're happy. We're experiencing joy. Can I roll that forwards? Yeah. I think the dangerous thing for me has been rolling it backwards do I want to go hunting through my past for joy? Mm. Do you? Well, of course yeah. there's joy in there. Yeah. But is that, is that something that we should be doing? Actually, my sanctuary is now being, being grounded in, in Here. the now. Yeah. And then we move forwards. Yeah. Um, so that's been an interesting experience to play with some of that. Yeah. Um, so what made you go and choose these studies? Oh, because yeah. this year is the first year, right? Yeah, it's the first of two years, so it's just the beginning. Um, it's a very French method, yeah, which appeals to me. Can you tell us what it is? Because I've oh. never heard of it before. I can't even say the word properly. Sophrology. Um, it's a very difficult thing to describe accurately when you're new to it. <laughs> <laughs> Can you so, give? How would you explain it to a five-year-old? It's um, it's a, a protocol. It's not a therapy. It's a process where you are looking to increase your level of consciousness um, and get your mind and your body into a place of harmony. Ah, nice. Hmm. And it's a French-based thing? It started in, uh, in Europe. It's not big in the UK or America yet, although it is rapidly expanding in the UK as we go further and further into the mental health crisis that we seem to be facing. Yeah. Um, 60 or 70% of the delegates on the course currently are French, but based in the UK. So okay. a really interesting cohort of people. Yeah. Um, all absolutely wonderful in all different ways. And I think the, the general motivation for, for becoming a practitioner is to come alongside people and share those tools with them as well. Yeah. Powerful tools. Yeah. Um, and sophrology isn't about delving into your past. Um, it's described as strengthening the glass not cleaning the water cute mm. strengthening the glass not cleaning the water mm. that's amazing mm. so let's talk about your dipping <laughs> <laughs> i will ask you later if i have your permission to post either a picture <laughs> or a little video of me giggling watching you for the first time the first time we went dipping together and i could not believe my eyes you just you <laughs> really you can tell me later if you think that's a good idea or not but it's just so it's just so beautiful can you tell me about your dipping do you have um a routine of course and oh. all the equipment <laughs> and all the equipment <laughs> if there's so any, tell me if there's any kit you could buy for this sport i've got it um so so essential especially somebody like me, who loves to talk so much, um, the stillness is really important. Yeah. Um, 
<laughs> Which means as much jabbering as you can until you hit the water. Yeah, the most worrying, that's it. Focus. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, that was really funny for me, actually, because I normally make a lot of noise. And we were like, jabber, 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 walk to the spot, jabber, 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 get changed, blah, 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 laugh, laugh, laugh. And you hit the water and you were completely silent. <laughs> I was like, is she okay? <laughs> and I wasn't sure if I should sound boobies or not because I didn't want to interrupt anything. <laughs> I'm learning to be still within myself. Yeah. Um, yeah, because your routine normally, this is why it was quite yes, funny. Your routine normally was to go with the girls yeah. twice a week. Yeah. And then what I've described as the fluffy picnicker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The strategy was park up close to the water. Yeah. Walk not too far. Yeah. Take whatever you can. Yeah. Take whatever you want. Get in the water. Giggle. Get, get out. out. Chat. Drink yeah. a cup of something. Eat some snacks. Yeah. And then get back into the car. Yeah, go home. And go home. And you have the little, the little, you, you enlightened me about the little <laughs> washing tub. The washing up bowl in the hot water <laughs> is it, not for drinking or washing up, but for standing in. Yeah. Makes such a difference if you're not going to hike or walk afterwards. Yes. To come out of the water. Yes. And not get straight into boiling water, but a little bit of cold water topped up with the hot water bottle. Yeah. To stand in. Yeah. Makes life so much more bearable. Yeah. Um, so, yes, I do have a bag with a washing up bowl, yeah. bowl a, bottle, a bottle of hot water, um, some coffee, normally some snacks, yeah. gloves, yeah. hat, yeah. Um, towel, etc. Yeah. Um, as you know, I have been with and you. And a bikini. And a bikini. Mm-hmm. I have been with you uh, once with no equipment. Yeah. And I survived. You were amazing. Just in my pants. I did have to keep my knickers on. Um, so, yes, we, I have done it both ways. I do like the paraphernalia and the chatting. But whilst we're in the water, it is an opportunity just to be still, yeah. even in a group. Yeah. Um, and I've been spending quite a lot of time with those girls practicing the mind into your body, exploring your body and your sensations. So we've been doing that in the water, which has been great fun. And, uh, yeah. Nice. That's amazing. Yeah, and so how do, you, how do you find the differences in dipping then? Because I know that you've been practicing and playing around with the different routines and the different mm-hmm. things to bring, mm-hmm. which is kind of like a nice scale, I think. Mm-hmm. You, I, I would say I'm kind of like, which you made me aware of, I didn't even realize, I'm kind of like the stoic Spartan style. <laughs> <laughs> Walk, stop, take your clothes off, get in, get out, put your clothes back on, keep walking. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is fine. No towel, <laughs> no drinks. Just kind of like stoic. And then you showed me like what I now like to call the fluffy picnicker. Yeah. And Glass, it's kind of like glamping. Robe. Yeah, yeah not doing that. <laughs> and then like how, because I've gone the other way. I've gone from stoic to experiencing the, the fluffy picnicker. Yeah. And you've gone from fluffy picnicker coming with me yeah. doing more of the stoic. Like, can, can you tell me like how that, you know, how that's different or how it affects you or. Does it impact the experience? The level of, of preparation and equipment. Mm, no, I don't think it matters. No, I think some days if you've got your kit with you, great. If you don't have your kit, you know you can still do it without. Yeah. Um, I don't think it matters at all. Pers- when it's really cold like it is at the moment, um, the warm water is is great. Mm. Although my hands were still absolutely freezing. Yeah. Today. Um, but no, I don't think it matters. I think do what's right for you. Do what makes you comfortable. Um, I like to have something on my feet just because I never like swimming in open water without some kind of foot protection. Yeah. Um, gloves are handy this time of year. Um, I think wearing a bikini does generate more laundry. So I appreciate your <laughs> uh, point about that. I have enough laundry as it is. Um, yeah, and wet kit. And wet kit. Yeah. Wet towels are a pain. So yeah. I'm thinking maybe I might try a chamois leather. <laughs> oh my god i think that could be the that could be good couldn't it oh my god a small just, piece of chamois leather oh my god you've just completely updated the that's an upgrade that's isn't a, it? that's impressive um i didn't tell you but today <laughs> i've received from a friend a collapsible washing up oh my gosh yeah. so that's that's really yeah because when I, when we went for the first time like, and you were like i have my washing up ball i was like are we having like a full picnic <laughs> and are you then going to put fairy liquid in yeah. and washing up our dishes and you were like no no we're gonna have a facial <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a little spa little um, spa 
Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Like, I think what I've learned is that the things that you guys take with the kind of like fl- fluffier version yeah. is necessary to be able to enjoy the dipping. Because what I've done is I've stuck with the Stoic Spartan style, yeah. not bringing anything, then doing the fluffy picnicking chatty one yeah. without the walking. And that is too cold for me. I the, think, the water yeah. is not too cold. But I get too cold first chatting, then I get too cold afterwards chatting, and then I get in the car, and then I realize how frigging cold I yeah. am. I, I think there is, I think maybe we'll do star jumps and burpees next time. Yeah. Come out and do some. Well, the Wim Hof methodology is Moving. come out and yeah. go into horse stance yeah. and move more. So perhaps we do need to do a bit more of that. Um, but as the moment takes you, we like a chat. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and I do. Yeah. I, I just also noticed that my ch- the chat pulled me I enjoy the chat and the and the fun and the laugh so much that it also made me realize I have to remember to look after myself yes and then make and and not have like the chat can be like the thing but I I needed to remember this is the system you know this is where you use your system which you've trained yes which is and listen to my body while being social because I can also just listen to, yeah. I can also just be social and forget to listen to my body. Um, which brings me to the point that when I taught hula hooping, <laughs> one of the, so I taught hula hooping to really teach people like performance psychology yeah. and to teach them life lessons on how to perform better. And, and whatever you, whatever would come up for people while they were hula hooping was whatever life lessons they, they were ready to learn mm. to perform better. So they were normally like really ambitious, highly educated, really high up in the ladder women, um, who wanted some more joy in their lives. Mm. So this has always been my topic <laughs> clearly. <laughs> and I like doing very simple kind of childlike things to help them learn in a playful way, but then transform, transform their skills to daily life. Yeah. And so one of the things that I remember myself that I had to practice and that I taught people was when you hula hoop, your focus is inside the circle. When people would start chatting, they sometimes drop the hoop Mm. because they were busier chatting than feeling their own body. And so when people had started to learn to hula hoop and they were good enough to keep the hula hoop up and they'd learn some tricks on how to keep it up if it kind of went down a little bit. I then got to a point where at the end of a class or a workshop, I would make them hula hoop and they would have to practice to high five. Ooh. And so that's physically possible. But pretty much every time when people practiced for the first time, the second their hands would touch, all their energy would go to the high five and the person and the social. And everybody would drop their hoop. Like they completely forget they had a body and that they had to keep slightly moving it so that the hoop stayed up. Yeah. And that's the visual I have when I know that in this, like on Sunday in the social setting, I stopped listening, like my, my hoop dropped yes. and I was all social. And then I thought, oh God, Anna, come on. You've practiced this so many times in your life. You can be in the group while checking your own body yeah. and ca- taking care of it. But that's a really not easy s- skill. I, and I think the reality of that situation is a lot of women or most of the women I meet and engage with don't even have a hula hoop to spin because they forgot they even had a hoop. <laughs> they forgot, yeah, they were, yeah, okay, yeah. So we are way behind on that experience. So maybe we <laughs> I clearly need to start hula hooping here too. <laughs> but, but I think that's a really, really important, important point about where we get to with, I was listening to something called human giver syndrome the other day. As women, I think we get to the point where we forget we even had a hoop. Yeah, yeah, and that, and that, you, that, you, can, that you can and that you should remember you've got a hula hoop for yourself that you yeah. got to keep up high which it's so easy to do and I just thought it was so insightful to realize it because that's where the danger lies for me in socialness sometimes because I because I can't hear my own heartbeat yeah and I'm so busy with the socialness and the excitement and the buzz and the and the loud joy that I forget to to have to be sustainable in that connection and to be sustainable in the connected loud like fun way with people that I need to make sure I keep focusing on my own hoop and I think there's a lesson in that for all of us yeah because it isn't about self-care bubble baths and hot chocolate (laughs) no the hoop is way more than that yeah 
So if you had any tips for people. <gasps> Dipping tips. Dipping tips. What would they be? Jump in. Jump in. Just go, go and do it. Just go. Just do it. Go and really, really think about how your mind and your body feels afterwards. Amazing. And when you're in, really think about your mind being inside your body. Because mm. my mind lived outside of my body for a long time. Mm, beautiful image. And that's very hard to have your compass working when the two are so disconnected. Yeah. Can you feel the feelings? Because until we do start feeling the feelings and testing out, you know, is this true? Is what I'm seeing on social media real? Is what this person telling me about their amazing life factually correct? <laughs> no. <laughs> then we live in a very strange place. Yeah. So the best tip is just go in. Get in. Get in. Get in and keep getting in. Just get in and, keep, get getting in and in. keep getting in. And even if it's a minute, even if it's 30 seconds up to your waist. Yeah. Which brings me to, do you think the amount of time somebody spends in the water impacts their amount of joy on a dip? No. There is no correlation between duration and joyfulness. Yes. But I think watching the time when it is cold is important. Because, because I think, uh, from my experience last year, too long and too cold is is dangerous. Mm. Um, I'm just thinking about some nerve damage in the end of my finger from last year. When it's cold like it is at the moment, five minutes is really enough. Yeah. Um, it was 10, 11 degrees at the weekend. I was in for 10 minutes. Didn't yeah. feel uncomfortable at all. Yeah. Could I have stayed in for 20? Maybe I could have done, but why would I? Yeah. Um, because this isn't, this isn't an endurance and a performance sport. Yeah. I've come to... I've never been focused on time, but I think once I've started dipping with the girls here, they were timing it. Yeah. And I try and stay away from that because I'm competitive. But and I know I'd want to train myself up. But I think we did stay in a couple of times too long last year. Yeah. Because we were chatting and yeah. we were feeling warm and we felt great. Yeah. And then you realise you've actually been in too long. Yeah. I've recently thought, I stayed in five minutes because the girls were staying in yeah. five minutes. I've never stayed in five minutes before. And then I, on my own, in silence, went for five minutes, not realizing it was that long. And then another time, I think that it was like between zero and two degrees. And I stayed in for seven minutes doing some like movements in the yeah. water. And, uh, and then I came to kind of realize, I'm like, why am I pushing for time? Yeah. Like it makes no, Doesn't I mean, make... I say that and I ask that for everybody, but I noticed for like a week, all of a sudden I was time focused. Yeah. And so I've taken that off again and like... There apparently is a two-minute like threshold that the physical benefits really come into their own if you can sit in it for two two minutes. But I think anything like my actual on my um, online program, um, yes. how to cold water dip safely. Yeah, which focuses on how to start, but how to start also or bring yourself to start dipping outdoors. Yeah. Um, I have made a little list of like the first five to 10 times, this is what you want to focus on. Yeah. And I say the first 40, the first 20 just need to be amazing. Mm -hmm. The first 20, I want people to learn to listen to their body and Absolutely. get out when they need to. Yeah. And I said the first 40, you should never time. You should measure the temperature of the water. You should measure how long you're in for. You need to go in, listen to your body, get out. Yeah. And I, th I think that's for safety measures, quite good. Absolutely. Otherwise, it gets quite sick. The other question is, do you think the water temperature affects the amount of joy? Ooh, no. There is a sense of achievement, a heightened sense of achievement, of coming out of the water when it's really, really cold. Yeah. When you're breaking the ice at the edge to get in, yeah. there, is a, there is an added thrill. Yeah. But in terms of level of joyfulness, no, absolutely not. No. Because um, it's just water. It's just water and yeah. it's cold and you're not going to the swimming pool and you're outdoors. Yeah. And there's beauty in every single minute bit, especially if you close your eyes at some point and then when you open your eyes, really take notice of what's going on. Oh, wow. And that can be... There you go. That would be an amazing part of the program. That visual sensation mm. um, is is quite dramatic if you... I've never it, closed my eyes. Yeah. I think I've always kept them open in to kind of like stay safe. Mm. <laughs> That's amazing. Amazing. So your best tip is start, get in. Just get in. You say the people who are like find people to go with 
at the beginning or find safe places. Like I say, the first 20 should be shared. I think so. Because even if it's like just one person, I think it's important to keep yeah. safe. But just get in, find a group, finding people to go with. Well, in the UK, I think it's quite easy. Yeah. I'm going to go and give people links in the online program. Yes. Of like links and ways and little sentences that you can send on how to kind of nicely... Yeah infiltrate <laughs> and also remember your personal safety you know if you're on your own yeah. um in a place you don't know and you're essentially mostly naked please you know be careful <laughs> which you should only do if um, you've done at least like 50 dips i think but i think when you're in the water you know you've left your car keys and your phone somewhere yeah you do need to be mindful of that yeah um but i think there's also some gift in learning to be still and silent in a group yeah and actually drop out of that yeah um and coming into your into yourself Mm, if next, you do have to go with people next level yeah and what a be, skill yeah and so find a group of people they're amazing you just turn up laugh they never even have to know your name but nope. you're gonna have a wonderful time it's gonna be amazing just get in keep getting in yeah and practice you know chat 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 but also to you it's been really helpful to, to ice dip to train your mind to learn that you're actually much stronger than you thought you were. And then also to be in the water and learn that you can just be still and Absolutely. how much by being in the water and still, you end up finding the center of things. Absolutely. How nice. Amazing. Amazing. So I can't wait to go skin dipping or dipping <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> With or without water bowl. Oh, yeah. one last question. You remember when we went and you were completely, you had no stuff with you yep. and you went in your pants. Yeah. Was that liberating? Uh, liberating because it reduced the amount of laundry. <laughs> I do worry somebody might see me. Do I know? <laughs> or do I worry about that? Because that's something else that we've talked about. Because I remember you were like, it was actually, you texted me later. You were like, it was actually really nice to just go in my pants. It's, I think it's, it's good to know that you can go anywhere. Yes. And you don't need anything with you. Yes. I... That's what I, I, love, I do yeah. have a different approach to nudity than you do, <laughs> and I'm working on that. Uh, and I'm not really sure why it bothers me so much. Um, so that's helping me along the way, Anna. Thank you. Hi, that very welcome. Revelation that I clearly have an issue. That's really nice. We're going to come back on that subject. <laughs> Podcast two. <laughs> I love it. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for sitting by the fire and talking about this. Thank ice, you for the coffee. Eyes dipping and beautiful insights. Yeah. Um, love you lots. Thank you. You too. And um, let's go dipping soon. Let's go.